from Public Radio. Next, Rethinking Heroes. And on this Veterans Day, we're going to take a look at what happens and what it means to be a veteran in the United States, why people fight, and what they end up believing after they've fought. Plus, we're going to look at how the Bible is now being used in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, neither Bible readers nor users. So who is being attracted? Finally, we speak to a Marine war hero who literally changed the way the military is working today. It's all next on Rethinking Heroes. I've spent a decade taking a bite out of conspiracy theories, unraveling urban legends, and grappling with worldwide top secret issues. I've even racked up some of their awards. Wow, I mean, first of all, what a question. Journalism is about telling the truth, all while ferreting out the bottom line. I'm a Harrison Hellraiser. Uh-oh, with me, Carrie Harrison, as your guide. Rethinking Heroes, Life After the Military with Carrie Harrison. Well, first I want to welcome you, Carrie Harrison with you. This, of course, is the Veterans Day weekend. And we are almost, I think we're, this is our anniversary. Uh, It was one year ago where we raised almost $500,000 in a single hour to wipe out medical debt. Regular people's medical debt all across the giant area of Los Angeles. And all in the name of our veterans, because it was important to demonstrate that they are still in the fight. The enemy, of course, being medical debt, the enemy being our systems, which are so horribly and miserably broken. But they took an oath to protect you, me, civilians. And when we, the civilians, are in debt and crushed and beaten down so low, they showed up and we raised money. And it was an experiment. We'd never done this before, especially on public radio. Afternoon drive time, it was at 5 p.m. And you guys picked up the phones, you called in, and you wiped out regular people's medical debt all across our 14 million person strong uh, area of Los Angeles, uh, all the way up to Santa Barbara, down to San Diego, where we broadcast out to Palm Springs and this whole area of Southern California. So congratulations to all of you. Congratulations to the show from which it then there sprang into what it is now. Uh, Here you are, uh, Morning Drive on Fridays, joining us right now. I want to uh, jump right into an interesting bit of subject matter, this being Veterans Day, and we're gonna actually sort of focus on that. What does that mean? Many of us feel like veterans. We might not have ever provided military service, but God, I mean, whoo. We have seen it and we have done it. So uh, many of us suffer the same uh, effects, shall we say, of PTSD and other things. And many of us also just wonder what is going on around us. So before we get into not only a uh, Marine war hero who literally changed the way the Pentagon works because he refused a very important order at the time, but to the benefit of tens of millions of people. You're going to meet this guy down the road. We're also going to talk to a former Navy SEAL who realized that it was up to him to not be, you know, uh, in a state of perpetual decay and, and, and can't do anything and can't help himself or others. He changed that around for himself. You're going to want to know what did he do because you will relate to it. But right now, let's focus in a little bit about what's going on around in the world because... Last week, we had on Rethinking Heroes, uh, the surviving daughter of one of the founders of the CIA, Daniel Dennett. 
uh, after whom a wing continues to be named. His daughter, Charlotte Dennett, through exhausting research and Freedom of Information Acts and even suing the CIA itself after her father's mysterious death in Saudi Arabia while developing oil, developing pipelines back in 1947. Well, Charlotte Dennett revealed to us the mass amount of untapped oil and natural gas off the Gaza Strip, the homeland of the Palestinians, also known as the Gaza Marine. And we discovered that the horrific battles between Israel and Palestine are for the black gold under the Palestinians' feet. She, through these Freedom of Information Acts, through these lawsuits, has extensive maps of oil pipelines that come from the CIA that are underground all across the Mediterranean and the Middle East. You would be shocked and appalled to know they even exist. Israel, of course, has at least 150 thermonuclear weapons, all U.S., right there. So that is our giant military base in the Middle East with a giant bunch of oil sitting there worth an estimated $1 billion. So Prime Minister Netanyahu is executing his scorched earth policy upon which oil derricks can soon begin pumping largely for, it turns out, U.S. companies. But the benefit is Europe so that the Ukraine-Russia war where Russia controls the oil that flows ultimately to Germany and through Western Europe, no longer, uh, let's just say they're no longer at the whim and whimsy of Vladimir Putin. They would then be getting their oil from the Gaza Marine. As Henry Kissinger once said, whoever's got the oil controls the earth. Now, in a recent piece titled Netanyahu Abuses Bible to Impress U.S. Evangelicals, the Reverend Don Wagner critically examines Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu's use of biblical reference, particularly invoking the ancient biblical demon Amalek. Who's ever heard of that? Seriously. The ancient biblical demon Amalek in the context of the conflict with Hamas, which also includes inadvertent populations of some two million Palestinian civilians. More and more people are sort of asking questions now, even though Anderson Cooper is very busy clutching his pearls and sort of avoiding the obvious right in front of him. But that's because Time Warner and other large legacy media corporations are there to do the bidding of the State Department. It is no secret. We've known this for years. It's just sort of right now, finally out in the open. Uh, Dr. Wagner sheds light on the intentional religious justification Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is employing for what he sees as Israel's, this is what the uh, U.S., this minister, is referring to as Israel's ethnic cleansing of Gaza's Palestinian population. Um, relocation, either way, the Nuremberg Code uh, forbids that, actually. But then you'd have to hold somebody responsible and reliable. Palestinians aside, 100 members of the United Nations have now been killed from various countries around the world giving those countries now skin in a game, in this game, like they never had before. So Bible quotes generally to secular Europeans do not fly, but they do fly here in the land of E Pluribus Unum. Mr. Wagner's piece addresses the use of biblical themes, specifically annihilate Amalek. I love this, it feels like Ghostbusters here. 
except it's for real. And he uses those terms or they've used those terms. I'm going to ask you to pause or ask our producer, Gary Baca, to pause that audio for just a second until we get to the guest. Using those terms to garner support from certain religious factions within Israel, particularly among militant settlers. But what's more interesting is the global reach of Netanyahu's support base, including the growing influence of the international Christian movement, which offers political, economic, and media support, despite the simultaneous declining popularity for Mr. Netanyahu, both domestically and internationally. Highlighting the endorsement uh, from 60 conservative evangelical leaders. Remember, one evangelical leader can be speaking to millions of people. And when you're a person of faith and your minister says, it looks like an orange, but it's actually an apple, it's an apple. Or what happens to you? Well, your afterlife sucks. Dr. Wagner, this is of course his expertise, discusses the role in supporting Israel's actions in Gaza, etc. So with me is the Reverend Don Wagner, a retired Presbyterian clergy member, esteemed professor, dedicated human rights activist. Dr. Wagner's distinguished career includes authoring insightful books such as the memoir Glory to God in the Lowest, Journeys to an Unholy Land, and the thought-provoking Anxious for Armageddon, and boy, are they. Reverend Don Wagner, I want to welcome you to Rethinking Heroes. Thank you. Great to be with you. And I love how you set things up. What well, you know, you're the second one to say that uh, today. That said, we've teed you up properly. Let's talk about what you know, because this is your bailiwick. This is your wheelhouse, understanding religiosity and how it can be used to the benefit or to the detriment. Here it's being used uh, as a weapon uh, by people who don't use that particular piece of religion, but they're using it because they need us. We over here, 350 million Americans paying $7 billion a year in our taxes flowing straight over to Israel. So it's very helpful to get us on board and not start asking too many questions. Would you mind elaborating on the biblical reference to Amalek that Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu has cited in his press briefing yes this was a press briefing uh you know just a week ago and um in it um netanyahu uh was basically justifying this ethnic cleansing of gaza uh this war mainly on uh 2.2 million uh gazans and he threw in this uh ancient trope of annihilating Amalek. And uh, this goes back to uh, very early when the Hebrew tribe was just coming out of the Sinai after wandering in the wilderness. And there may have been a land dispute and uh, the tribe Amalek attacked uh, the Hebrew tribe. Uh, and as it's recorded in Exodus 15, uh, Moses climbed up on a hill, raised his hand sent Joshua into the battle. And when Moses' hand was up, the Amalekites were defeated. But then he got tired and a couple people came and propped his hand up and they continued and they defeated the Amalekite. Uh, then there's a verse that says, <laughs> there will be enmity between the Jew, the Jewish people, the Hebrew tribe and Amalekite for eternity. So there it is. So all we have to do is just define who the who uh, Amalek is now. Right. 
So this trope has been used uh, for years, uh, annihilate Amalek. And uh, most uh, 90% of the audience in the West had no clue what uh, Netanyahu was talking about. But the settlers and the extreme militant uh, Zionists knew exactly. So Netanyahu is playing to his base in many ways in Israel, the settler uh, uh, groups who are central in this government now, but also Christian Zionists, you know, the followers of John Hagee and many of the Christian Zionists, not just in North America, but now where it's booming in South America, Brazil, uh, in Nigeria, across Africa, uh, there is a base that knew exactly what annihilate Amalek is. It's wipe out the Palestinians. Amalek is code language for genocide. So this is what you have. In fact, there's one more. I'll just make uh, one more reference. In 1 Samuel, as soon as King Saul is anointed by, by Samuel, the prophet, Samuel gives him a test case. Annihilate Amalek. Kill every man, woman, child, livestock. Annihilate them all. Ethnically cleanse them. Saul, however, did his job, but he kept the king alive and kept a little, you know, some cattle and sheep for him, for himself. Saul rebukes him. He didn't do a thorough job of ethnic cleansing. And it says that the mantle of the Lord began to decline with Saul from that point forward. So there you have, uh, you know, it's in Samuel, and it's repeated many other times. But today, this trope, it's, uh, you know, as long as you can delegitimatize a population, you can do anything to them. Well, so annihilate right. Amalek gives biblical justification for genocide. It, it certainly does. And I appreciate uh, this discussion as we continue to talk to the Reverend Don Wagner, a retired Presbyterian clergy member, esteemed professor, dedicated human rights activist. His distinguished career includes authoring insightful books such as the memoir Glory to God in the Lowest, Journeys to an Unholy Land, and the thought-provoking Anxious for Armageddon. Uh, and we're talking about this interesting religious overlap as all of us are avoiding any discussion whatsoever anywhere in legacy media about the one billion dollars of untapped oil and gas in the Gaza Marine, which is the spoils, the plot of the play of all of this. But they have to ramp up the religious side of it because it works for us because we're watching Netflix and following the Kardashians and just, boy, are we high functioning. And so we're easily took and moved. And I, I appreciate the religious history too, being an Episcopalian, whatever that is, fresh flowers, needlepoint. Um, we're hardly terribly radical now that King uh, King Charles III of England is the sovereign governor of the Church of England. I mean, it's a joke. Um, so, you know, I'm not like highly tethered to a lot of this stuff, but I have seen weaponized religion many, many times, many, many oh, times. And people die. The Germans famously uh, 80 years ago used the same language. They just used different terms. They even invented a word area. Never existed before. Invented a whole cloth out of something. If you weren't one of those, you were an animal and needed to be slaughtered as would a goat. Uh, so it's the same kind of language, the same kind of outcome. And it doesn't matter which 
decks, uh, uh, which chairs on the deck of the Titanic you're sitting in. Uh, they all get moved around and it looks like a brand new thing, but it's been going on for thousands of years. So how does Netanyahu's use of annihilate Amalek justify Israel's actions in Gaza, according to your article? Well, in several ways. Um you know, there are reports that many of the uh, fundamentalist rabbis uh, were preaching to the troops before they went into Gaza, and they used the Amalek texts, annihilate. So again, you're given a so-called biblical reference to go and commit genocide. Uh, you're, many will find this inspiring. Now, for me, these texts are not historical. You know, these are probably legends that grew and were passed down. Biblical scholars say, you know, this is not anchored in history, but it's like a legend, a trope that grew. Well, it's it's like a marvel. It's a it's a movie. It's like Marvel. You hold exactly. your hand and yeah. people just fall down, and it looks great in theaters. And you know, people know that we've all seen these movies for decades now. They know exactly which cape to put on and what hat. And boom, we believe it. But, you know, the key is that you are delegitimizing, you're dehumanizing an entire people. And again, when you can do that and sell it successfully, then you can annihilate them. So a report came out just uh, the end of October from a think tank called Military Intelligence. And this is uh, nothing new. But what this think tank has recommended, and it's very close to Netanyahu in the government, and some now believe it's a semi-governmental position, is that they are recommending that in this fog of war, Israel now has the opportunity not only to push the Gazans from the north to the south, but then empty them out, push them over the border into the Sinai. And they'll get the rich Arab countries and the U.S. and others to put them first in tents and then build structures for them. And then they can allow the PA to come in, which is a collaborative side of the Palestinians. And Israel can take not only the gas reserves, but they will be empty of the Palestinians and finished with them. Then the next project will be to empty the West Bank. Uh, and Jerusalem of the Palestinians, push them into Jordan, Syria, etc. So when Netanyahu held the map up in uh, the United Nations a month ago, it was that Israel had total control of the entirety from the river to the sea. They don't like that language, but they now have that. And they have an apartheid regime controlling all of the West Bank East Jerusalem and inside Israel. So this is the dream of many of these militants. So now the problem is, how do we stop this? And is this what the Biden administration is going to go along with? We haven't seen much backbone from Mr. Biden or Blinken, and they seem to be giving Israel everything they want. But now there's sufficient pushback. 120 nations want a ceasefire. But why does Biden just allow for maybe a pause of three or four hours and then Israel can go on bombing? Well, let so me uh, just requote, I'm, I'm going to requote Henry Kissinger. Whoever controls the oil controls the world. 
and it it's U.S. oil companies. It's the same derricks that are pumping in Iraq when Saddam Hussein allegedly was in a rowboat, crossed the Atlantic, and blew up the World Trade Center, which is what people actually now remember, and all of this other ridiculous stuff. And it's all just oil, 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 especially during a time when we're being ruthlessly clobbered by nature. You know, uh, wildfires in moist and juicy cold Canada uh, hurricanes category five taking off the tip of Florida and this is just on a good Tuesday so I mean it's so insane in every possible way and you as a, a an analyst through the lens of religion and also the lens as a peace activist which is actually what I think most people imagine a religious leader should be right let's all make night with each other what a good idea um, let's take a look at uh, supporters of the Southern Baptist Convention, which I think is like 130 million people or some crazy huge number. How do they perceive this annihilate Amalek war mentality? Well, uh, I, I don't want to disparage all, but it would be the dominant narrative uh, with most of the more, most conservative Southern Baptists who take this end time theology pre-millennial dispensationalism as kind of their way of reading the Bible. And they would see history moving uh, toward a final confrontation in Armageddon, Megiddo in the Valley, with Israel playing the central role. So therefore we have to prop up and support Israel right or wrong. So that would be a majority view, but not all. Some Southern Baptists now are pausing and have questions. Uh, but people like the Reverend John Hagee with a group called Christians United for Israel, they buy this lock, stock and barrel, and this is exported by the internet across Central and South America, and it's growing even in Southeast Asia. So uh, this is where it gets very, very dangerous. Now, I think a number of evangelicals and the more conservative evangelicals are having problems with this because some of them believe in justice, that all God's children are created equal. And they might remember Jesus saying, you know, in Matthew 25, uh, where were you when my house was bulldozed? Where were you when my hospital and church were bombed? Even there, I am in the midst of you. And... Uh, did you give me water when Israel was forbidding us to have water and starving our children? Uh, so the text of justice, I think, uh, override this kind of end time theology, which is a false theology in my way of thinking, even though I grew up in it. So uh, I, I think we have to get to the justice. And your Episcopal Bishop, Michael Curry, made a brilliant statement last week, just refocusing justice and there has to be a ceasefire and christians damn well better get behind it all right well i appreciate your coming on another discussion for another time we're going to find out what is the payoff of everyone dying on earth with armageddon i know it's sexy i don't get it but we'll bring you back on we'll we'll go into that because that is uh, you know 
that is the the glory at the end, I think, for some. This has been uh, Reverend Don Wagner. We've been talking to retired Presbyterian clergy member, esteemed professor, and dedicated human rights activist. Dr. Wagner's distinguished career includes authoring insightful books, such as the memoir, Glory to God in the Lowest, Journeys to an Unholy Land, and the thought-provoking Anxious for Armageddon. Reverend Don Wagner, thank you so much for joining us today on Rethinking Heroes. Coming up, we're going to be talking to... uh, Thank you so much. We're going to be talking to a hero here on this Veterans Day weekend uh, who found a way to really be super useful after already having been useful in the military, but sort of rebooting himself into a brand new mission. You're going to want to hear this. Rethinking Heroes, life after the military. Harry Harrison with a quick life hack. Just remember this. Call the tax doctor and let their team of experts work it out with the IRS so you can keep your money. They know the IRS laws and will fight to save your money. If you owe the IRS a ton of cash and you want to keep it, call right now and learn for free how they can help put it back in your pocket. 800-281-7048. Rethinking Heroes, Life After the Military. Attention men, here's a great way to have more fun in bed and save money. If you want to take something like Viagra, well, they can give you a way to pay as little as $2 a pill. Yep, $2 a pill. Compare that to prices as high as $60 per tablet. These pills work for us to improve our performance and confidence, and you're going to love them. And now for the price of two or three pills, you can get 50 or more pills for around 100 bucks, You're going to save hundreds of dollars off of retail prices. And that's enough to buy your date a nice dinner. Don't pay expensive prices for Viagra. Call now and order 50 or more of our blue pills and pay as little as $2 a pill. Save hundreds of dollars. Call Steelman Pills now for confidential shipping. 800-814-5031 We are in complete control. We are Rethinking Heroes with Kerry Harrison. RethinkingHeroes.com And it is Rethinking Heroes. Kerry Harrison with you. By the way, don't try to make coffee in your coffee machine and forget to put the coffee in there. It creates a brown tea that is undelicious. Just a little life hack for you. This being Veterans Day weekend, perfect time to give a nod to the nationally recognized veteran service organization called the Honor Foundation. The Honor Foundation is a career transition program for U.S. Special Operations Forces that effectively translates their elite military service to the private sector, helping them create the next generation of corporate and community leaders. Isn't that what we all want? Uh Uh-huh. It achieves this through a three-month program, which provides tailored executive education, one-on-one coaching, access to a nationwide professional network. And this program was built by the desire to serve others with an honor for life. So their next mission is always clear and continues to impact the world. And if you're 
you know, given refined skills and you're out in the world of combat and you come back, uh, you know, that's kind of what your training is. So you need to have that training redirected so that you can do awesome things in the world. The Honor Foundation now has 2,200 graduates. They have campuses in San Diego and Virginia Beach and Camp Lejeune, Fort Liberty, Eglin, Tampa, Florida. Uh, Tennessee virtual programs and the Navy SEAL Foundation is a founding partner of the Honor Foundation. With me right now is Bob Newman, Director of Programs for the Honor Foundation and after spending his entire adult life in the SEAL teams, Mr. Newman sought new opportunities to make a meaningful impact so he redefined himself, love it, rethought himself. Reflecting on his path, he advises his younger self to choose his own path, emphasizing the importance of individual agency. Yep, you own you. Love that. His personal why centers on fueling people's inner spark to inspire actions toward their dreams. Bob Newman, I want to welcome you to Rethinking Heroes. Harry, thank you so much for having me today. It's a great honor to be here with you guys. Um, Enjoyed the show before, so I'm looking forward to getting into it with you and talking about the Honor Foundation, a deep passion to help our veterans out there. Uh, the Honor Foundation has worked for almost a decade. You've been helping members of the U.S. Special Operations Forces. Uh, these are the big grown-ups that we see in all the coolest uh, TV shows and movies. And you help them transition from military to civ- uh, civilian life virtually, uh, often transforming the process for them through your proven curriculum and methodology. Uh, first, let's. what are Special Operations Forces? There's going to be nine-year-olds and 89 year olds who forgot. Tell us what that is today. Yeah, absolutely. So what comes to top of mind to most of the audience out there will be your Navy SEALs, Green Berets, and it's all the special operations components that work under the DOD spectrum. So we have Marine Raiders, Air Force Pararescuemen, CCT, which are combat controllers that call in the aircraft. So it's those special operators that go through a selection program um, and they're at the tip of the spear. Uh, paying attention to the wars that we did with the, you know, in Iraq and Afghanistan, it's not a secret that the special operations commands were at the tip of the spear on all of those operations and sort of making the biggest impacts within that battle space over the last 23 years. And, and we're looking, Bob Newman, at these major gaps in the current transition services that are provided by the Department of Defense all lowercase, apparently. Uh, And we all know about this. We've had many congressmen here on Rethinking Heroes. We've had uh, senators, uh, all kinds of people say, gee, I wish the government really did more. But in fact, they don't. Uh, And so here you guys are filling in this gap and really rebooting high-functioning people into becoming high-functioning citizens. And that's a benefit to the society, isn't it? Absolutely. And so I like to say that the military does an adequate job at preparing our veterans for leaving the military, but they do very little for helping them pivot to what their next chapter is going to be like or how to actually be successful in the private sector. So kind of to your point, Harry, is we do see a value add beyond what they're giving as leadership to the corporate America and creating great establishments out there in the private sector. But the mental health aspect of fulfillment we see is critically important. You know, our veterans that are out there lost, alone, and sort of unsure what their next life chapter is going to be are the ones that are highest at risk for some of those mental health issues, including suicide ideation. Uh, and we really believe that helping people redefine themselves, as you mentioned on the introduction, mentioned on the introduction, is 
when we go through a selection process in special operations, that oftentimes becomes our identity and our persona. You know, I am a Navy SEAL. That's what I do. That's all I know. I spent my entire adult life in it. So what is going to be next for me? And we help them sort of unpackage and get rid of that military persona grow from that, you know, that's your foundational strengths. You've got a lot of leadership experience. You've got a lot of soft and hard skills that you learned in the military, but how can we translate that into meaningful, impactful service on the backside when you're in the private sector? And that's what, what we do. You know, uh, Bob Newman, just to reintroduce you again, a director of programs for the Honor Foundation, uh, spent your life in the SEAL teams, and then you rebooted into, you know, being of service at this level. I always wondered or explained and then sloppily as a civilian, I have never done service, but half my friends have. So I have a little bit of insight, but I always wondered, how do you come back? Let's say you're a trained to be a hell of a sniper. And, and I've got a CIA spook friend who said he can take someone out at like half a mile in the rain with squinting one eye. And I'm like, okay, so you come back and you want to be like the greeter at a fancy restaurant. And they say, so what can you do? Well, I could take somebody out at a half a mile in the rain. Next. And so that's what people are truly faced with. Like, we forget that here as as civilians. We forget that's what you come back as with that on your resume. So you guys literally rebuild a resume, a real resume that somebody can work from. Absolutely. So we'll focus on those soft skill acumen. So in the example of a sniper, we're not going to talk about the sniper and the capabilities of executing shots at thousands of yards, right? What we're going to talk about is discipline, you know, analysis, being able to take data and crunch it and have a positive outcome, mission focus, things of that, that nature. And we have amazing faculty that that's experienced in the private sector in the resume writing for a perfect example. And they're very good at helping our veterans translate those specific skills into terms and phrases that are relevant and make it so it's unawkward. As you can imagine, sitting in a, in a you know, in an interview, if your resume calls out all these military skills that are lost, <laughs> it's, it's not a very comfortable conversation. Yeah, especially when you're selling high-end Teslas. How do you how do you equate that? And so this is actually quite brilliant because you're you're rebuilding a live human with these extraordinary skill sets, but matching them with things that the real world wants and that companies can uh, find value in. So that's a whole separate unit, isn't it? Like matching Tom, who could do this with blah, 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 incorporated that wants that. Right. And what's interesting our approach is really intentional about doing a lot of introspective work on the front side. So the first five weeks of the program is them focusing on themselves, learning about themselves post-military career. So we start with Gallup Strengths Assessment, where they'll get their five predominant personality traits. We use a career leaders assessment that'll give them 15 to 20 jobs or roles in industries that may resonate with them that oftentimes don't seem like they're aligned with their personalities or those personas. And then we help them unpackage that. And what they recognize is, Hey, in the military, I had to live a very linear lifestyle. I had to, you know, do this. I was promoted to that. I had to fit into a structure so that I could have mission success and team dynamics. And now we're helping them figure out that they can make all of their own choices, but we want them to make those choices that are aligned with who they truly and authentically are. And so those first five weeks are helping them rediscover and develop who they truly and authentically are without the military uniform on. Well, I appreciate that you're doing this and how do people follow you and check out what you do? 
So the website's very easy. It's honor.org. Uh, we've been a nonprofit established since uh, 2014. So like you said, we're just about 10 years old and we will, we have 10 campuses now. And our goal by the end of 2024 is to have 10 physical campuses because that's 10 campuses, including the two virtual campuses that we, we run succinctly. Well, I appreciate what you're doing and you're helping millions of people who a lot of us haven't met, but that might have been in a bad way and now have a possibility for a better way. So that's honorfoundation.org, honorfoundation.org. We've been talking to Bob Newman, director of programs for that honorfoundation.org. After spending his entire adult life in the SEAL teams, he rebooted and he's now part of this giant solution, something we've all been craving for so long. Coming up, we're going to be talking to key a marine hero who literally changed the way the pentagon operates and you're going to want to hear what he did and how he did it and that's coming up in a sec if you're a diabetic we have great news you can end the painful finger sticks with a new cgm plus they may be covered by medicare medicaid or private insurance if you use insulin or have had hypoglycemic events you may qualify Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-413-6441. 800-413-6441. 800-413-6441. That's 800-413-6441. Are you nearly maxed out in your credit cards? It doesn't matter if you're using your credit cards for fun or to survive. At the end of the month, your statements come in. And you can either pay them or you can't. If you can't, late fees and interest rates get tacked on. And now, you're struggling just to make the minimum payment due. Do you feel trapped? Am I talking to you? Good. Because I personally researched some companies that can help you. They may be able to reduce your credit card balances by 50% and stop the late fees. If you qualify, please call our special debt hotline number right now for a complimentary free five-minute consultation deal with your credit card problem now before it gets much worse and put more money back in your pocket trust me i've been there too call right now 800-380-4194 800-380-4194 That's 800-380-4194. Carrie Harrison with you. This is Rethinking Heroes, rethinkingheroes.com, where at the end of every month, we relieve $1 million in medical debt of average people in random cities around the U.S., all in the name of our veterans. Serving, retired, it doesn't matter. People who, as you heard earlier in our news report, sign on that dotted line magically thinking all will be taken care of for the rest of their lives because they're going to sacrifice literally everything on behalf of a government. So we're doing what the government won't. Here on the radio. Remember when radio used to do stuff like this? Million dollar giveaways, have a car, have a Harley. And then then it stopped, it stopped for 20 years. Well, we have brought that back here on Rethinking Heroes. So uh, just know that is happening. It's gonna affect you, it's gonna affect your neighbors, it's gonna affect people all over the country. And that's just the beginning for sure. Rethinking Heroes, Life After the Military with Carrie Harrison. Carrie Harrison with you, Rethinking Heroes, RethinkingHeroes.com. You can also check us out on Facebook, Rethinking Heroes. Also on Twitter, Rethinking Heroes. Just misspell it for Elon Musk by dropping out the E at the end of Heroes. But, you know, type it in any way. It'll come up certainly on Google one way or the other. You can also see video of this broadcast, including our upcoming guest, Jeff Key, in the next four 
15 seconds simply by going to rethinkingheroes.com. Give it about a day. If you're hearing it as a podcast, it's already happened many days earlier. Let me just set this up, tee this up for you, because this guy is very cool. At 34 years old, that was then, ruggedly handsome, still is, six feet four, square jawed, I didn't write this. Jeff Key joined the biggest, baddest boys club there is, the United States Marines. Key reason he gives for joining, even though he was six years past the Marine Corps age, cut off, was like most men, young and old, after the terror attacks of 9-11. Well, he said he wanted to support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, to defend defenseless people, to promote and preserve peace on Earth and love of people. Jeff Key grew up in rural Alabama, schooled at the Church of Christ, a one-time child preacher. He's a true believer of God and country first. Jeff Key is also gay. His fearless defense of constitutional principles has made him an extraordinary Marine, combined with his fearless integrity in being who he is. The Showtime Network made a feature-length documentary, Semper Fi, One Marine's Journey, which details this U.S. Marine's journey through his childhood in Alabama, going to war as a Marine, and his life of activism upon his return from Iraq. Jeff is with us now on Rethinking Heroes, live from his home in New Orleans, and we want to welcome you, Jeff Key. Thank you, Kerry. Thank you for that. I was I was thinking I want to meet this guy. <laughs> that was a very um, generous introduction. This is my cat Whitman. Apparently, he also wants to be involved in the interview. Uh, one quick correction before I forget it: I joined in uh, in two thousand, so I was a Marine for a year when nine eleven happened, and not in response. That, uh, that got out there once on the internet and and thereafter. But I, I was I was already a Marine when 9-11 happened and didn't join actually in response to 9-11, but just uh, for all the other reasons that I often have listed, I believe in representative government and, and defending defenseless people. And, uh, you know, I grew up in a culture that said, if not me, then whom? So, um, yeah, I'm happy to be with you. Happy to be back on KPFK. Many years ago, I used to uh, show up around these parts. Well, we thought we would bring you back on so that you could simply feel good. That's all. It's just I, I, do, I do. The square jaw is still under there. It's just covered. <laughs> I knew we were on video. I didn't something with my hair, but as you can see, it is now gone. Now, <laughs> let me just say, the last time I saw you was uh, some years ago, without making us look like geezers here. Um, and you had a full head of hair, and you were beardless. Now you have a Walt Whitman beard. I'm guessing that's where the cat comes from somewhat. Um, and and we have uh, we have ripened as wine becomes better with age. So then do the skill sets and the ambitions. Let's talk about Showtime, which is a ubiquitous network owned by Viacom. We know it as Paramount Plus. We know it as everything CBS. They took your story. You had done something early on as a Marine during the Iraq War that was so out of the box, so different, let's just say first time ever, that got the attention of even Donald Rumsfeld. We should, shouldn't say even. It was meant to get his attention, and it really changed the landscape for many. Can you review that for us a little bit? Um, sure. I, um, after a, an enormous crisis of conscience around what I had, uh, you know, I took that oath very seriously when I raised my right hand on the anniversary of D-Day in 2000. Uh, 
I said that I would support and defend this constitution with my life. And I understood that that meant uh, protecting the lives of my fellow service members. And I just, I didn't think that that, if we're to believe the Marine Corps him, it have, we're to guard the streets of heaven. So I uh, I didn't know what to do, but uh, so I prayed for an answer. I heard tell your story and it began with, uh, uh, it was on the day they had hung the Blackwater uh, contractors from the bridge in Fallujah. So. They brought me on CNN under the premise that I was going to speak about how that would affect troop morale. But uh, I chose that opportunity to tell five million people what we were told not to tell one person. I, I came out of the closet as a gay man on CNN in this interview while Don asked Don't Tell was in place. And I was still in the Marine Corps uh, with that act of civil disobedience. I launched my career uh, as an activist so uh, that I could continue to uh to fulfill my oath as I understood it, not really caring or I didn't think any, I didn't know if anybody would even understand what I was doing, but I was not going to go to my grave whenever that might have been with, uh, you know, not doing what I believe, what my own morality compelled me to do. So I met this Israeli naval officer. I didn't know he was a, uh, a stage and film director. He was curious about my experience after I read my journals, Yuval Hadadi. Uh, helped me to develop them as this play, The Eyes of Babylon. I toured it all over the place, United States and in, in Dublin, Ireland, and uh, just in like backwoods, Kentucky. I was protested by 300 right wing <laughs> Christians who were around the theater when I got there. We did it in, in big, we did it in Denver during the first Obama. Let me just say you're smiling while talking about that, just so it's the people. All right. You know, when the right people are mad at you, you know you're doing the right thing. <laughs> So we ended up off Broadway in New York. It was a great way for me to open conversations about uh, some of the things that were mentioned earlier on your program today about veteran suicide and and what was working for me uh, was, you know, having put pen to paper and uh, and just telling my story. And so for 16 years, I've helped other veterans to do the same. Um, I work with an organization called Warrior Writers to help uh, veterans write not only about the military experience, but just about just to write. I think a lot of this uh, uh, of this uh, self-destruction impulse comes when it's just bullets bouncing around on the inside and not uh, being expressed. Uh, Showtime, uh, Ida Hallinan was a Peabody Award winning uh um documentarian who who saw the uh she was a producer she saw the play there on Tamron in LA and and uh Vince DiPercio came on as director and we what she said will you walk into Showtime and help me pitch this I'm like I don't know how to pitch anything I'm I'm a, you know and she goes no no just walk in there start talking we'll see how it goes and they wrote us a check they they wrote him a check and they made this documentary which I'm forever grateful for because Maybe you could share that secret of how you walk in and get a check from Showtime. You can just publish that on my private email. I, I, I think, you know, if you're as passionate about things as I tend to be, I don't know. I grew, I grew up in rural Alabama. We're a passionate bunch of people. And uh, uh, and I just, you know, I get choked up thinking about it because I do care so deeply about this country. It's such a hard. I travel around the world a lot now and I outside the country. You know, a lot of people have a lot of opinions about America, you know, and and uh, and we've been we've brought some wonderful things to the planet and we've done some wildly destructive things. And so I, I want to, you know, I'm 57 and none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. I might be here another 30 years, but, 
in the in whatever time left, I want to uh, you know do what the play through the play. Thousands of people heard my beliefs about uh, the American war policy in Iraq and and don't ask, don't tell, and uh, rights for the disenfranchised in general. And through the movie, millions of people have heard this little country boy yarn out his you know bang out his story. And so we I just directed uh, a short film called Rich. It's the now is the winter of our discontent monologue is told through the lens of a homeless veteran. Uh, it involves mass shooting and suicide. And I'm super proud of it. We're in the editing process now. I'm of mind to do uh, uh, as other guests have mentioned. And I do think this is the way out for the I struggle a lot. I'm trying to save my house right now, you know, in the middle of all this, uh, to, you know, try not to be one more homeless veteran. But uh, although I want to do this um, to give away what's been given to me, which is to express through the pen whatever is on the inside. I, I say this all the time to people in general and to veterans. Please don't let your stories die inside you. So uh, with the help of another Marine, Marcus Erickson, we've conceived of this program uh Borrowing the name from Sean Hughes, the uh, the Marine and playwright of Sandstorm, it's called Vet Stage. We're calling it The Vet Stage, and we're going to make this film. We're going to finish this film, Rich, and we're going to help veterans make 10 short films per year. Uh, anybody who wants to get on board with that mission can contact me through you, through the station here on the website. Best, best way to do that, I'm just going to jump in, yeah, would be right to go now. to RethinkingHeroes.com, or you can jump on our Facebook page, Rethinking Heroes, or even Twitter, and we'll make sure that that gets over to Jeff Key, who we're talking to, by the way, Marine and Iraq War veteran, artist and activist, active in the veterans art movement. And for 16 years, he's led workshops with Warrior Writers, an organization which helps veterans put pen to paper, and with Vet Stage, which has a mission to make 10 short films per year, as Jeff just pointed out, training veterans to work in film and TV. And Jeff, we're going to pause in just a moment, but we are connected now with an organization of 700 military journalists who, many of whom cannot get jobs in the commercial world. Why? I mean, talk about discipline. They actually can make deadlines. They show up, you know, you're a Marine. You understand that. Um, in the commercial world, they say, well, you know, what can you do? Well, you know, I, I went out and I, uh, I carried a gun and maybe I pointed it at people. <clears throat> and you want to work at the newspaper? Absolutely. I'm like, I can really tell stories. Well, and so here we've got this, it's like Bloomberg or CNBC. We've got 700 of these incredibly high-skilled people like you, a Marine, who can do backflips, chew gum, sing a song, and play an accordion. And I'll tell you, Mildred can barely put on her support hose. So this is a big deal. And if we can find avenues and funnels to give you guys a way to express your incredible talents and your discipline, we, we, the United States, can only win. So we're going to pause in that moment. We're going to continue with Jeff Key, who uh, is writer-performer of the award-winning off-Broadway play, The Eyes of Babylon, based on his Iraq war journals. And we're going to get into what those war journals said that got such big global attention. He's also the subject of Showtime's documentary, Semper Fi, One Marine's Journey. He lives in New Orleans with his cats, Walt Whitman and Ruth Bader 
Ginsburg. Rethinking Heroes with Carrie Harrison. Life after the military. RethinkingHeroes.com. Attention, men. Here's a great way to have more fun in bed and save money. If you want to take something like Viagra, well, they can give you a way to pay as little as $2 a pill. Yep, $2 a pill. Compare that to prices as high as $60 per tablet. These pills work for us to improve our performance and confidence, and you're going to love them. And now for the price of two or three pills, you can get 50 or more pills for around 100 bucks. You're going to save hundreds of dollars off of retail prices, and that's enough to buy your date a nice dinner. Don't pay expensive prices for Viagra. Call now and order 50 or more of our blue pills and pay as little as $2 a pill. Save hundreds of dollars. Call Steelman Pills now for confidential shipping. 800-814-5031. Rethinking Heroes. Life after the military. Carrie Harrison with a quick life hack. Just remember this. Call the tax doctor and let their team of experts work it out with the IRS so you can keep your money. They know the IRS laws and will fight to save your money. If you owe the IRS a ton of cash and you want to keep it, call right now and learn for free how they can help put it back in your pocket. 800-281-7048. Carrie Harrison with you, Rethinking Heroes, RethinkingHeroes.com. We're going to be launching our new website. It's uh, sort of in a static moment right now. It is still the previous iteration, but trust me, uh, our friends at T4 Media and Publishing are doing a bang-up job. So we're going to be unveiling that in that. You're going to be able to see videos. You're going to be able to read transcripts. You're going to get summaries of the different shows. You're going to be able to research and find who these great organizations are that are doing the good work. And I don't mean just in the world of veterans, which we're focusing on today, but I mean just in the world, period. Because you deserve to have a one-stop shop for all the stuff you need, you worry about. If you want to upskill, tune up. Uh, I want to start doing some webinars here uh, where we upskill people. We give them life hacks and trips, to, uh, tips to become everything from a best-selling author to a better thinker, critical thinking, media literacy, all the stuff that has sort of fallen by the wayside and is no longer taught in schools. No longer taught in schools. So now it's us on these radio stations willing to do this stuff uh, and, and not a Kardashian story, which is how you get paid. I don't get paid because I don't do Kardashian stories. <laughs> That's my option. Get paid, don't get paid. I'll take the don't get paid. <laughs> do something else, bag groceries, whatever it takes, because all we have, and my ancestors, having signed the Declaration of Independence against King George III, having come over on the Mayflower, my other ancestors, having written the Constitution and signed it, uh, I really believe in it. I think it is an awesome instrument, and whatever it takes to try to keep that alive and not let it get overthrown or storming the capital. Like as if it were the Bastille, well-dressed as an elk. 
this stuff is anathema to me. It would be an allergy to Ben Franklin. And listen, he liked to have fun, trust me. But that, not fun. So there's a lot of sickness here, and uh, we can cure it together. I'm going to finish the Jeff Key interview in another form. Uh, you'll find it available uh, as a stream on Facebook, uh, or you can go to RethinkingHeroes.com or somewhere else because there's much more to say with him, but I don't want to cut him off due to the clock because we actually have done a very full show today. But I want to thank you for having joined me, and I want to thank every Brave radio station that carries this kind of product. I mean, we brought on a Presbyterian minister who laid out how the Bible is being used to weaponize millions of Americans to do something that they actually probably wouldn't do on their own. But let somebody else do it, close your eyes and put your hand over your head. And uh, all of this stuff that you wouldn't ordinarily hear because these guys are not gonna be brought on CNN ever. Ever. When was the last time you saw Noam Chomsky on CNN? Go ahead. I'll wait. Nobody likes dead air and there'd be way too much of it. I think you get my point. So that's why we're here doing the good work, bringing out the real heroes. And sometimes the heroes don't look like what we were trained they would look like. I was trained John Wayne as a hero. Why? He's an actor. Yes, he plays. <laughs> he plays. Then there's people who do. And there are so many heroes whom we have yet discovered, and we're going to bring them right in front of you. Change makers, thought leaders, cool people, brave people, so that you get your game upskilled and upgraded, because that's the least we can do for you. Carrie Harrison with you. This is Rethinking Heroes, RethinkingHeroes.com. And I very much look forward to hanging out with you next week. Rethinking Heroes with Carrie Harrison. Life after the military. RethinkingHeroes.com. Copyright Audiences United, LLC. All rights reserved. Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There's a tremendous price war among the major term life companies. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years. For example, a man age 45 non-tobacco user. $1 million of coverage is only $75 per month, level for the next 10 years. Or a man age 50 non-tobacco user can buy a half million dollars of coverage for a monthly premium of only $110. Guaranteed not to change for the next 20 years. That's right, level rates for 20 years. And if you're a smoker, we have great rates for you as well. At the Term Lifeline, we specialize in policies of a half million dollars and above. So if you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance, call right now for a free quote. Rates and availability may vary by state. Sample rate quotes are based on preferred non-tobacco underwriting exam required to qualify. 855-525-7448. 855-525-7448. 855-525-7448. That's 855-525-7448. How would you like to get high-speed internet for your home for less than $2 a day? That's right. For about 50 bucks a month, you'll get lightning-fast internet. Are you paying less than 50 bucks a month right now for your internet? Then call Whole Home Connect right now for blazing-fast internet at 50 bucks a month with no price increases, no hidden fees, no contracts, no upfront costs, no equipment fees. It's a great deal. And guess what? You can try it for 15 days. 
days. If you don't like it, you get your money back. But you're going to love it. And you're going to love the price. Internet for your home for 50 bucks a month. That's less than 2 bucks a day. Plus, no contracts, no upfront costs, no equipment fees. And our 15-day guarantee. Call now. 800-846-2124. 800-846-2124. 800-846-2124. That's 800-846-2124.